you getting on? Uh, huh? I know. Huh? Charlie Brown. Oh, good grief, huh? Kathy Comics. Arg. Huh? Um, bloody fucking whatever. Arg. You know what I mean? Do. You know what I mean? Do. That's that's how I. Whatever cartoon grunt you need to let out, just let it out. Come on. Zoom is shite. Zoom is shit. Zoom is shite. House party is shite. Shite. Right? And look, fair fucks for people coming together, right? Fair fucks people coming together. Fair fucks people problem solving. Thinking, how could we do this normally without, you know, fair fucks to people doing that, right? And fair fucks to the company of Zoom. I know they're giving stuff to Facebook or whatever, but you know what? You know, been able to use it, this thing for free. The amount of bandwidth they're giving up for people using this for free. You know, fair effects. Have to say, though. Huh? Huh? I haven't even, <laughs> haven't even made my point yet. Huh? But what do you think of it? Preemptive. What do you think? You think it's good? Well, let me let me ask you this. Mr. Mr. Bill Gates. Mr. Bill Gates, I want to know something from you. Do you like my ambiguous accent here? Where am I from? Mr. Gates, I want to know something about you. How can you drop the ball so severely in that you used to be there? <laughs> How did Skype drop the ball so severely? See, I'm doing my favorite accent, but I'm doing a Dublin twang, so I can't get in trouble for it. Mr. Gates, how did you drop the ball so severely with Skype? How did Zoom come along and take all of your customers? Huh? And considering this, Mr. Gates. <laughs> considering you're the, you're the fella who fucking started this thing, Mr. Gates. Considering Mr. Gates, Mr. Garrett Gates, CEO billionaire. Since you yourself have the fucking World Health Organization in the back pocket. It the folk, it the arse folk, right? Considering you have the whoo in your arse folk, and you cause this pandemic, you even drop the ball on your Skype. Does any of what? <laughs> Does anything? We're going fucking raw. I'm not editing this. They dropped the ball, though, didn't they, Skype? How do you have the monopoly on video communication and drop the ball and let a newcomer come in? There's this thing called Zoom. We'll get a new thing called Zoom. All Skype had to do was add more people. Microsoft, how did you drop the ball on that? I remember Skype is shit, right? Skype's shit. Skype's always been shit. Skype just forgets your email. They're like, oh, no, no one goes by it. No one... It's like you're, you're, you rock up at the login like it's some fucking shanty and there's an old woman answering that. I haven't heard. Uh, Tony Cantwell at gmail.com. I haven't heard that name in years. No one exists by that name. Well, it's the name. It's my fucking login. I haven't heard that name in years. So then, and, and this is how, how, how hard. So I actually, I always find it funny, right? Whenever you're watching a film and they're not using an iPhone, right? Because Apple don't pay 
for product placement. They're very, very clever like that, right? Well, not very clever. They just fucking don't need to, right? You, you, you know, you know, you see Spider Man and he's got his Sony Ericsson, classic Peter Parker, who would very much likely have some uh, fucking Razer, you know, gaming phone, running a fucking mobile version of Linux or something, some uh, you know, open open source software. You probably have some weird launcher, and he's going into his Sony Ericsson phone. This guy's a genius. This guy, this guy's genius rivals that of Tony Stark or a Reed Richards. It's such a shame. Not that we have had a good Fantastic Four film, but this generation, you don't, you don't even know about the Fantastic Four. Here, there's my fucking soapbox. I tell you what, and they don't even know Reed Richards, and they don't even know the team, and they don't even know uh, Johnny Storm and his sister Sue. I tell you, in my day, there was only the Fantastic Four. You had the stretchy gun. You had the one you could fucking cling film gear. You had your man who looked like fucking Brayhead. And you had your man, the lawyer. <laughs> this is a, this is the weird. This is the weirder one. This is a weirder one of an intro. But how did you drop the ball on that, Mr. Bush and Mr. Blair, Mr. Gates? How did you drop the ball on this one, right? Whatever. I, of course, do not think that Bill Gates... Bill Gates... Bill Gates has been very kind with his... I told you so's. He's been very diplomatic with his... Fucking told you. Fucking warned you. Right? Now, he's, he's, he's no fucking... He's no... He's no bloody boy scout. Mr... Mr. Gates, I know for a fact that you, I know for a fact that you had a monopoly over this industry. See, it's not bad. I'm not doing a bad accent. You can let me do it because I made it Dublin. That was the whole joke behind my French Dublin character. I, I used to do all the accents mixed with a dub. You know, back in the day, back when it was fine, back when I didn't mean that and buy it, you know, you'd have... You'd, I'd go through all the accents of people. I'm not going to even say what they are now. But, you know, you'd have people who maybe been living in Dublin for like 10 years. And I would try and do all the accents. Problem, some problematic, some not so problematic. And the one that was least problematic was the Dublin French man. You know what I'm saying? And I hit him in his fucking head, you know? Is this a guy who fucking Mick McCarthy will kick out of bed? You know what I mean? Don't even know what that means. But that's something he might say. I was in the boulangerie there on fucking Cable Street, you know, stuff like this. I miss him. I miss the silliness. I look back at some of my videos and I think, look at you there, trying so hard. Nah, look, Gary, I am trying hard. What are you talking about? This is going to be, hey, got the cabin for you guys. If I, I don't, I don't even know if any of this made sense. We're going fucking raw today. I don't even know what I'm going to be talking about. But we're going to go, we're going to go at it. We're going to go at it very hard, right? Also, I will say this. You know the pint man? You know, Paddy Losty? Paddy Losty, right? Well, I'm a bit of a pint man purist, okay? And this all like, you know, I, I go at it, I go at it very hard. And they go, 30 pints. It was 30 pints or more in a day. That's the purest pint man. If you don't know Paddy Losty, just Google Paddy Losty, the pint man. And it was a book, Pint Men of Ireland. 
And he had Paddy Losty, who just looked like a lad who enjoyed his points, and I would have 30, 30 points or more in a day, right? And then it's like, 45 pints. This fucking voice came out of nowhere, and then that becomes the new meme. You know, boring, put on, stick on the fry, you know. I don't buy that. That's not my pa- That's not part of my pint man legacy, right? Get rid of it. Stick to the photo. I know we didn't have more to go by by the photo, but you can't just be making shit up. Some people don't even know what I'm talking about. Anyway, look, I was talking about Skype ages ago on this, right? And Skype went at it and went at it very hard in terms of trying to make people use it. Like, Skype was in everything. In the first Turtles film, not the first one, but the Michael Bay one, right? There's a scene where April O'Neil, played by Megan Fox, right, uh, is trying to get in touch with some fella down by the docks who's seen some weird shit, who's seen, like, fucking some shady business dealings or whatever, and she's an investigative reporter. And she fucking Skypes him, Skypes him on... Her Windows phone. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Like that's ever gonna happen. Hey, old hey, old New Yorker Docker. You got Skype? Can I Skype you? Yeah, anyway. Anyway, look, this is gonna be a weird one. Um I yeah. Hey. It's always weird, huh? It's what all those girls used to say to me. You're weird. I love it. You're you're scaring me. But I love it. You're bending you're bending reality. You're so weird. You're so not like the other the gab boys. You're so different. What? You listen to rock music. That is so cool because me and my friends l- listen to Leanne Rhymes. So that's really cool that you just said that. Whatever. I don't know what I'm doing today. I don't know what I'm doing today. I'm still in a fucking mood. Um but look how and ever. We go on. We go at it very hard. And Tony Cantwell's shit show. It's Tony Cantwell's shit show. Wow, look at that. A freestyle so good that it broke the freestyle. Big titties, areolis, like cities. That's unreal. Um, Look, Zoom isn't shite, right? I think the technology is fantastic. I don't know. I know I already said that. Um, And obviously, uh, look, things aren't shite, right? As I said before, I, the, thing is I'm, the thing that I'm losing focus with right at the moment is I forget why we're indoors, right? I've kind of forgotten that we're in here to prevent. I've forgotten a little bit, and I think that'll happen the longer it goes. Uh, you know, I have forgotten that we've essentially, as a people, chosen to support the most vulnerable people and the growing number of health workers who are contracting this 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 virus. We have decided to help them by choosing to stay indoors, by allowing by allowing the people in power to make decisions to prioritize their safety first and for us not to kick off. Every time we don't kick off about something, we're making a decision not to kick off about something, right? So that's, I'm losing focus of that. And sometimes you're just like, hey, it's a bit shit. But you can have things that, you know, of course things can always be worse. Do you know what I mean? But you can still say things are shit, right? I remember eating my ma's dinner and her saying, uh, well, look, I know you don't want to eat that, but they're starving kids in Africa. 
and I'd say, ma'am, I love you. And it's terrible that there are starving kids in Africa. That is bad. And this turnip is bad. It's shite. Right? So this, so look, this this is not, and look, I am not weighing that up. I'm not saying one's worse than the other. Right? One is worse than the other, but I'm not even getting into this kind of weight, weighted system of which is worse. I am just saying that there are two things that are shit. This turnip, what you've done to this turnip, or swede or whatever it is, <laughs> and and the fact that there's people who are starving. I don't see a link. Whatever, I'm not even getting into that. Both both things are shy. So, you know what I mean? And similarly, you know, it's, uh, you know, I'm healthy. Um, You know, work has been postponed, not cancelled, you know. Uh, and you know th- but you know it's all zoom shite you know what I mean whatever and I tell you what I keep my wife my wife is amazing right my wife is amazing she is cooking up a storm she is thinking of things for us to do look me too I'm not a fucking layabout right? I'm doing it as well but I'm saying that she's you know cooking the, cooking a storm and all I'm thinking about is how I want to get out in the car, right? She's she's even cooking me cookies and cinnamon rolls, you know, ramens, foes, right? She's an incredible cook, and I'm but I'm still there, thinking and fantasizing in my head about getting in the fucking car, going out and getting the Chinese, going to the Chinese, getting the mega box, getting into the back seat of the car, eating the whole thing. While watching episode one on my phone. Star Wars episode one on Disney Plus on my phone. And I, I even last night I was lying there in bed. Smiling to myself thinking oh, I'm going to just fucking do that. I'm a secret eater right. I'm a secret eater. And I have not been able to do my secret eating. I I, I, I just. It'd be the odd thing. Sometimes you know what. Sometimes I'm on my own. I might fucking go into Super Quinn. Or Super Value. And I'll say hey. Just give us a sausage. Put it in a bag. Say none. You never saw me. Right? I was never here. Don't tell the wife. Don't tell anyone you saw me here. Just put the sausage in the bag. What? That much for one sausage? I should have just got it in a roll. Class. Thanks very much. And I do it I do it when I'm in a good mood. I do it when I'm in a bad mood. Right? Uh, like say... Um, so say if I... So especially doing stand-up, right? Doing stand-up, you finish work late. I might not have had dinner, you know. I don't like having a big dinner and then going off on stage. Stand-up happens very late, right? Sometimes you're not going on to say, tell you one fucking place. No, I'm not getting into it, right? And uh, But anyway, look, I'm not getting into this. Anyway, comedy's late, right? Sometimes I don't have a dinner because I don't want to be having a big dinner and then going off. Who's this? Why am I talking like this? Like I'm angry. I'm not angry, right? Look, lose, lose the attitude here, Tony, right? So as a comedian, I... I do be gigging late, and after a gig, I might have a little snack. If the gig goes well, actually, no, let me start this one. If the gig goes bad, either way, I'm eating something, right? If the gig goes bad, I'll tend to get chili cheese bites and Burger King, right? That is my kind of, I need that, I need that cheese. I need that cheese now to make me feel better, right? For whatever reason. I'm an emotional guy, emotional leader. If a, go, if a gig goes well, I will also celebrate with a bit of secret eating and I will get uh, I'll get a double cheeseburger and 10 nuggets. 
that's what I'll do to treat myself because I did well. So I'm fucked if fucked if I do, fucked if I don't, right? So I need to, and I even I was almost this morning, right? This morning I almost said, and it's not like I'm asking for permission, right? It's not like I'm asking for permission, but I was so close to saying, Terry, if you just look the other way and respect me, while I go out tonight and get a mega box and eat it in the back of the seat, back of the car, right? <laughs> If you let me do that, I'll never have a mega box again. I'll never try and bring a mega box into this house if you just look the other way this time. Alright? For all time's sake, huh? But I didn't. So I'm gonna have to fucking do it in private. I'll let you know how I get on. I'm definitely doing it. I'm fucking definitely doing it. It's such an easy, accessible fantasy to live, is for me to drive out and so I'm nothing stopping me from doing that. Nothing. Not my wife, no one, right? This is right. Um, look, I need to change, right? I need to change. I don't need to do anything. I don't need to do anything. But I might look to seek to change. Because uh, I can't, you know, I can't live this way forever, right? I was reading this thing. Tony Robbins, right? Tony Robbins um, was saying, uh, Tony Tony Robbins has this kind of technique. Because it's, it's all just triggers, right? I don't know what it is. I don't know what the feeling is where I want to hurt myself by eating food. I don't know what the feeling is where I take comfort in, you know, being uh, fucking immovable and not looking to, you know, the feeling that I get with not wanting to move, right? The feeling of comfort that comes along with that, whatever it is, right? There's triggers and I need to reacquaint myself with my triggers. And he said, Tony Robbins said, you need to put the food on your plate, eat a little bit, eat most of it, right? Leave a bit. Leave more than you normally would, right? If you leave anything. And then what you do is you psych yourself up and you push the plate away. And you kind of like reacquaint yourself with that moment. You're like, yeah, that is me. This is a joy. I'm re I'm re I'm reacquainting myself with this feeling. And now I celebrate the feeling of not eating all of my dinner. And I just push it away. Right? And he says what you can even do is start fucking blaring tunes, right? Pavlovian response. Start fist pumping the air as you push away, you know, a bit of chicken or a chicken ball. Could you imagine not eating a chicken ball, right? Imagine getting a portion of four chicken balls and leaving one. Some people do that, and I think that's insane. You know, I like to I I like to know which of my friends, right? Terry Terry unfortunately will never leaves out of spite. Terry will finish her dinner, right? She will very it, the only the only time she will ever pass a plate over with with food on it. Is when she looks like she's gonna die, right? And she's like, "Okay, whatever, you win." She views it as a competition, right? And then, then she might give me some food, right? But see, I know my friends. I know some of my friends that don't. They always order too much, and they don't eat that much. You got to sit next to them, right? You can't be sitting on the other side of the table. You got to sit right next to them. That's where the bin comes in, right? They call me the bin. I'm talking about the same thing too much, right? But I feel like if you want to reacquaint yourself, the only way to the only way to make lasting lifestyle improvements in yourself is you have to do it to make yourself feel better than everyone else. It's the only way it'll work, right? I went off booze for about three weeks one time. Led the legendary I've told you about it before, right? I've told everyone about it. Three weeks. Well, twenty six days off the booze, including a wedding. Including a wedding, right? Which was actually still a great crack. Pain in the smokes, though. Um, but 
Yeah. The only way I could go three weeks off the booze was by waking up in the morning, looking myself in the mirror and saying, Tony, you are better than everyone. You're better than everyone. It's the only way to do it. And that's what you think Mark Wahlberg's getting up at four o'clock in the morning. What? To be shy about it. To be humble. Not letting anyone know. Why is it we know all the people who get up at four o'clock in the morning? Because they fucking tell you about it. Because the only reason they get up is to tell you that they're better than you. There is no self-improvement that you can motivate yourself unless it's... And look, you're, you're sound. It's not like you start acting like an asshole. What, you think Tom Hanks? You think Tom Hanks doesn't think he's better than you? I'm sure he's humble. I'm sure he's nice. Tom Cruise, nice guy, remembers everyone's name. He knows he's better than you. All right? It's the only thing that can keep you motivating is knowing that you're better than people. So people who are, hey, we out here grinding, just want to let you know, I want to inspire you. No, you don't. I want to make you feel like shit because I'm better than you. So that's the only way I'm going to be able to get over this Chinese thing. Right? I'm thinking about Chinese all the time. Is if I link not eating Chinese with being better than people who do. And I don't want to do that because I'll be honest, right? I'm not against people who order a Thai, right? Who order... Order a Thai or order a Massaman or whatever it is. Good for you and your Massy man. But when I see someone ordering a posting a dirty Chinese on the Soch, I know, hey, you and me, we got something in common here. That's like seeing that's like that's like seeing the the track marks in a fellow user's arms, right? Seeing someone post something about curry sauce, you're like, right, we're in the know, right? We're in the know. And the, but the, the reality is now, I keep talking about pig watching. I actually have never, I, I've probably eaten better than I have in the last couple of months. You know, I've been eating well because I have not been eating the secret eating. I had that one Chinese, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I told you the Olympus moms and it threw me out of whack. Right. But I can just hear her. The mega box. She calls to me. Right. She calls to me. She is DTF. I can't forget. I'm thinking about her. I can hear her in my dream saying, Tony, do you remember me? Does your wife fuck the way I used to fuck <laughs> Anyway. But anyway, yeah. If you post, if you, hey bro, if you post a dirty picture of a Chinese, you and me, we're the same, all right? We're in the know. Good for you and your Thai. Good for you and your Beshops. Right, but if it's if it's got Chinese curry sauce on it, then you and me, we, I'll, I'll fucking go to bat for you, bro. Right, but look, hang on, maybe a bit of water. Look, I just need to get this fucking mega box out of my system. I'm talking about it too much. This is a popular podcast, and I am jeopardizing my career now by talking about this thing too much. All right, I just need to get the fucking mega box, get it out of my system, and then that'll be it. We'll have a little funeral. I'll get the little pizza box that it comes in. I'll make a little tombstone out of it. I'll bury it in the fucking uh, green outside the inside the gaff. And that'll be it. We'll have a little funeral for the chicken bones or the ribs. That come in. It's a delicious thing. Anyway, I'm moving on. Look, there's different types of personalities linked with food, right? And I think a perfect example that you can see in plain sight. Do a little experiment, right? Any of you uh, who... who um, either have kids or are uncles or would or aunties or whatever you want to be called envies. Um 
say you go to like a kid's birthday party, your niece, your nephew, whatever, right? Uh, get a variety pack of Tato, right? Dump it out on the table and see which kid picks what. Because I'll tell you what, that's a personality trait. Whatever kid picks what, I can tell you now what they're like and what their life is going to be like, right? So say one kid picks out the cheese and onion. This is a good lad, right? He's a good lad. Likely called Robbie or something like that. He's a good lad, right? Well-raised, reliable, gets on well with his parents, right? Um, when all the other kids are, are doing a kickabout, Robbie, the cheese and onion kid, he fucking owns the football and he keeps it in good nick, right? Not only that, he has his own pair of Predator football boots that he saved up for himself. It took him two years, but he worked hard at it. And he saved up. He's a good lad. Always goes in for his dinner. You'll never see his parents standing at the door shouting at the green, right? He always goes in. Parents never going mad, right? Um, he's likely going to be the first one to settle down. He's going to travel. Um, he's just a good lad. He's a, he's a real nice guy. Really, really sound guy. Um, he's probably going to be the first one. Uh, he's going to travel, but he's probably also going to be the first one to, to kind of settle down with the fam. Own a gaff. Nice place. Real nice, right? Next up, salt and vinegar kid. Ooh, watch this motherfucker. He's a wild one, right? Salt and vinegar kid. This is a, this is a sort of wild motherfucker, right? Who say if you kick the ball into the back garden, he doesn't even doesn't even wait to be told. Just hops into the back garden, gets the ball. Once he has the ball, he does does a fucking knickknack on the way out. Yeah, it was in your back garden, and I made you come to your front door. He's wild. This guy. We'll call him. Uh, what we call him? He he'll always have a nickname. Salt and kid will always have a nickname like Johnsy or Jonesy or something like that, you know. And uh, yeah, he's a mad lad, and he's probably the first. He's probably gonna be look. He's gonna be the most prolific with the girls. Whichever kid is grabbing the salt and vinegar, he's wild. He's got a taste for the finer things. He probably is gonna score about a hundred birds at the Gale Talks. But watch him. He'll be fine for a while. He'll he'll likely. He won't do, study it in college. He'll do whatever he can to get into college, but he's probably going to end up in finance. He's probably going to know someone. He's a social butterfly. He's going to know someone who's going to get him into some finance thing. But watch him. He's got a bit of an addictive personality, but eventually he'll probably meet a woman who will put reins on him, and he'll get you know, he'll get quite settled, right? But watch him. He could burn out, right? Smoky Bacon Kid, look, he's a good lad. He's, a, he's fine, you know? He, uh, he He's going to forget his gear quite a lot. Don't ask me why. He's just going to forget his gear. He's going to forget his football gear. He's going to forget his PE gear, right? Uh, he's going to excel in, in art, right? Once once he figures out uh, Gange and the guitar, he's going to be grand. But before then, he might just be a bit down, might be a bit glum, right? Um, and in terms of a football analogy, he's just going to be the one sat in the goal, getting balls just fucking pelted at him. But he doesn't care. He doesn't care. They don't really hurt, right? He's a good lad. He's probably going to end up getting a decent enough job at the age of 35. He'll be fine. He's going to be fine, right? We'll call him uh, Tony, right? Just this is an example. We'll call him Tony. He's going to be fine, right? He'll, he'll, he'll figure it out. Um, right. Ready, salted kid burned the child. I can't help him. Super nanny couldn't help this child. If you lay the packs out and there's a kid getting ready salted, watch it. This is just a fucking... And I don't mean weird, like I celebrate weird, right? But this is a weird fucking kid. This is the kind of kid who puts fucking butter on his chips. You know what I mean? A weird, weird guy. Um, He draws weird pictures that scare people. 
you know this is just a you you need to watch out for the you don't be letting Robbie Tony um, and Jonesy anywhere near um, what we call him this probably he wouldn't be called Finton he wouldn't be called Finton he'd be called um, we're just we're just gonna call him Julian but he's not you know he's not gay that's not his whole thing right but he's just a weird he's he's probably gonna he be he's a sort of kid just with prod dead animals right he's a sort of kid who is probably gonna end up and I'm sorry to say this he's probably gonna not work for most of his life he's gonna inherit his masgaff he's never gonna leave the estate and he's gonna end up with the adjective mad affixed permanently to his name he's gonna be the lad from the estate he's gonna be mad mad Jerry in this case mad Julian mad Frank right so he's gonna end up living in his masgaff Ironically, looking out at the green where Cheese and Onion Kid used to bring out the ball, Salt and Vinegar Kid would smash it in the back of the net or hop over the wall to get a smoky bacon would be pelted in the face. And he's going to be staring at this, looking at the next generation of kids, saying, you better not be coming in my garden. Don't be coming in my garden. I wasn't going near your garden, Julian. Don't be coming near my garden. What? Who have you got in there, Julian? I say nothing. Stay away from me roses. Stay away from me mammy's roses. Your mammy's been dead for 20 years, Julian. Stay away from me, mammy's chrysanthemums. So watch out, right? So watch out for the kids. And hope and pray that you can raise a decent, respectful cheese and onion, salt and vinegar, or smoky bacon kid. Prong cocktail is not a child. It's a phase. Okay? Prong cocktail is not a child. It's a phase. But I'd like to hear, I don't know, what do you guys think? What do you think? Um, and don't, you know, without going into the kind of pickled onion or anything like that, classic Tato flavors, if you, if you want to throw, even though ready salt it isn't, right? Uh, and if you want to throw in prawn cocktail, you tell me. You tell me what prawn cocktail is like. Um, well, look, how about this? How about we jump back in? To the fantabulous world. The fantabulous American teen comedy drama starring Boner and Co. in Tony Cantwell's The Frigid. Look, Boner, I already said I was sorry. I just thought you and that Eastern European chick could, you know, smash your gob guns together and you could finally lose your virginity. I know you were just looking out for me, fuckler, but... Buffy saw everything, you know? She may never speak to me again. Look, bro, I know you think I'm a dirty sleaze. And yeah, I have scored the whole off Cade Mila Kalini at the Gale Talk, but I think I'd respect a woman's choice to be with someone, despite whether I thought they were suited. Am I interrupting anything? Oh, hi, Mr. Fuckstein. Hey, Dad. So you must be Boner. Fucklers told me a lot about you. What's this project you're both working on? Well, basically, we're looking at spider silk. Basically, spider silk for its width is one of the strongest substances in the world, and if we were able to harness their precise weave for, I don't know, steel cables, our bridges would be strong as fuck. (laughs) Wow, you really know your stuff, Mr. Fuckstein. Impressive stuff, Boner. Big brainy bollocks on you. You know, Fuckler tells me you're a frigid. I'm somewhat of a frigid myself. Sure, my wife and I have had kids, but we've never kissed with tongues, you know what I mean? Cool. You know, we could certainly use someone like you, Boner, in my laboratory. I could set you up as part of the Transition Your Work Placement Program. We're doing some very interesting things with genetic animal splicing. 
Thanks, Mr. Fuckstein, but I'm probably just going to work in retail, then a few sales jobs until a Facebook video goes viral enough that I can sack it all in and chat shit for a living. You want to fuck around for a few years, I respect that. I like you, Boner. Oh, code orange at my lab. I gotta run. Best of luck, boys. Come on, Boner, let's get some grub. They're serving three-in-ones at the canteen today. Mmm, finally. Curry chips. Oh, no, here's... Excuse you, bro. Hey, man, you can't skip. Yeah, what are you gonna do about it, man? Yeah, you looking for trouble? You looking for curry? Oh, you poured the curry on my head. Little chicken oh, ball, man. burns. Ah, quick, Boner, the river's just outside. You can wash it out there. Oh, that bastard Gerskoyne poured curry on my head. Here I am washing my hair in the river. Oh, it really stings. Ah, hey. These things hey. Are that, that guy's being attacked. What is that? Is that an otter? Ah, hey. Hey, get off him! Ah, ah! Uh, Ow! It bit me! What was that? Oh, that boner, huh? Will he ever get the meat? Find out in a couple of weeks' time. Let's have a little sippy near the old coffee. Ah. So, uh, Tell you what flick I watched there the other day. Avatar, man. And let me say this as well, before I even get into me watching the flick, right? I was uh, I was hungover on Easter Sunday. And, oh man, we just fucking went at it at the Zoom. Oh man. It was probably the wildest Zoom I've been on. It actually was the wildest Zoom I've ever been on. But anyway, um, so I was a bit hungover. I woke up at seven. You know, you wake up at seven, as my, you know, with a kind of hangover, as my friend Zach Golden says, where your hair is sore, right? And um, so I woke up, had my phone there, got on Disney Plus, put on Avatar, right? And I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking, right? You're thinking what? Like the? I know I was slagging off Zoom earlier, earlier, and I know I was slagging off all these things, right? Think it. You can watch. Fo- you can watch films on your phone. Just think about that for a second. You, at any point, can take out your phone. Pretty much every phone now you can watch a feature-length film on, right? And this thing just happened so gradually, from being uh, from Nokia thirty-two tens, right, uh, to having like you know you'd have whatever a Slipknot background on your Nokia thirty-two ten. Right, instead of it saying Nokia, you get a little picture. You're like, wow, I'm pretty much got pictures on my phone here. And now obviously you got Game Boys and all this stuff, right? But this is your phone. And then you got that really shit plastic Nokia. You know the one? You know the one that like you know, you would light up, there was lights on all the side, you could like take off the back and put cut out like a picture and put it in there. And then that would be your kind of like your your phone, you know, background. You could just customize it. And I had the worst camera on it honestly it looked like it looked like it looked like you had pink eye like it looked like you had pink eye and someone kicked you in the head and that's the photo and people there post hey look me and the girls you know and this is also when sending an mms was a quid cost you a quid to send a picture right think how many photos get passed like but what i'm saying here is right it happened so gradually that it's difficult to see when there was a day you couldn't 
what the last day was that the technology wasn't there for us to watch. That's a weird way of saying that, right? The day we were able to watch films on our phone, there should have been a fucking parade. We should have been out there with streamers. We should have been out there. There should have been a there should have been a, a one week off celebration across the globe. We did it, guys. There should have been peace. Are you telling me? And it just happened so gradually. There should have been a day we weren't able to do that, and then the day that we were able to do that, people out on the street. Us watching films on our phone. And I know I sound like an old bastard here, but it far exceeded my wildest expectations of what the future would hold. And I remember my dad telling me about the internet back in like 96, 97. And he was saying, in the internet, right, you're going to be able to go onto your computer, right? And back then, computer was just for writing fucking notes. It was a fucking grandiose typewriter, right? You're going to be able to go on there and through the computer travel all the way to New York City where you're going to be able to walk into the public library, the, the New York City public library where they have all the books, and you're going to be able just to take a book off the shelf and read any book in the world. Now, that blew my mind for two reasons. One, oh, my God, I can travel to New York online, and I can pick the, 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 the selection of books, you know? Like, think about that. On And then for, for that, that was my wildest expectation of what the Internet could hold, right? And then it's just gradually and no one's no one's talking about this no one is like look at what i'm doing i'm like yeah i know we look at phones and no no but think about that you aren't you aren't carrying fucking 50 reels of film to decide which film you want to watch in one location where are all the where are all the vhs's for your selection of films that you want to choose where are all you don't even have to carry one of those fucking zips with all the slots, you know, the zip packs with like all the CDs and DVDs in it. You don't even need to carry one of them. You can just be fucking hungover on Easter Sunday. And by touching two things, literally, that's all I did. I went Disney Plus app, Avatar. I, I touched my thumb twice on a HD OLED display. And the battery was good enough. I could have fucking watched three. I could have watched it three times in a row. We're not appreciating this enough. And I know I was slagging off Zoom early enough, but this is different, right? There were people crying when someone first showed them a picture of a horse not running. And now here's another picture of it running. And look at me flip-flop between them. Horse is still, horse is running. Horse is still, horse is running. And they're like, ah! There are people who ran out of the cinema thinking that a train was going to smash into them. Go and see a flick. And we're just here lying on the... F we're lying in bed. We're watching fucking... We're watching Endgame. Having a shit. What a life. Don't let that get away from you. Right? I couldn't... I couldn't ever fathom when I saw Avatar in the cinema. And look, I'm going to be talking about Avatar for the next couple of minutes, right? Because I'm dumb. I'm dumb. I love Avatar. I love Avatar. Spoiler alert, fucking five stars. I it's problematic. Not in that not in that it's whatever. Not that it's got woke issues or anything like that. I mean, yeah, you know, some of the female characters well, not really. Whatever. I don't believe that. I don't really believe that. Right? <laughs> I'm spouting something just in case just in case I get in trouble for something. But I don't necessarily think that. Maybe Natiri could be less devout of Jake Sully. But whatever, we'll get into it, right? I love Avatar. 
I was on the Avatar bandwagon. I remember telling people, wait till you hear this film, Avatar, it's going to blow your fucking mind. Hey, do you know your man who made True Lies? Well, he's got a new flick. Fucking Avatar, right? I love Avatar. And what I think the best way to go through, I don't have notes. So I'm going to go through the plot of Avatar and tell you what I love about... And look, I'm not a big 3D guy, right? Terrifying if it was. I am technically a 3D guy. But I don't like the 3D. Because it doesn't work. A few things don't work on my glasses. Um, 3D and paintball. I can't go paintball, right? I can't have anything that breathes hot air from my nose or mouth into my eyes. So he can't be doubling up. It just fogs up too much, right? It's bad enough in fucking Quasar. Return to Energizer. It's bad enough with that, right? It's even worse with paintball. And it's particularly... Uh, and so 3D... Does, but also, like, this this did 3D well. This is the best use of 3D. And it's a technology that it invented and has been... And has been, you know... It's been around. It's been around for fucking... What are we now? 2020. So it's been around for 11 years since... And I still haven't. Now, I haven't seen many films in 3D since. I just think it's gimmicky. I think it takes it away. I think it's too dark. Maybe it's improved. I don't know if there's any film that's worth it. But I remember this film. I remember telling people, you got to check out Avatar. And I sound like an asshole. I sound like a fucking nerd. Wait you see Avatar. And let me just say this as well. This film, up before Endgame, highest grossing film of all time. I don't understand that. Like, I don't understand that. This is, this is dense sci-fi. Like I have, I I cannot comprehend. I, I I totally get the hype. I totally get the oh my god, you have to see it, and it's like a kind of roller coaster ride and everything like that. Um, you know, from from the director of Titanic, James Cameron. You know, like I mean, obviously, I I get I get Titanic. I get why I get I get why Titanic is as big as it is. It's a it's a spectacle. It's a fantastic love story. You know, it's just got it's got everything for everything. And I remember everyone just being like. It's a very important film, right? And there was almost like this rehashed tragedy of Titanic, you know? And it is sad, you know? But, and it was kind of this kind of, re, just rehashed, like, let's all be sad again about the, the, the Titanic. We're the, the richest, we're the, you know, anyway. Um, and I remember everyone's being like, it's a very important film, you know? And listen, there are tits in it. But um, I think you should see it because it's an important pair of tits, you know, an important, it's a very important film. Um, so I get why that's big. But Avatar is a dense sci-fi, a dense sci-fi. And you can see, I mean, you can see how dense it is Like as soon as it starts. Like just like and James Cameron, right, tried to make this film after Titanic. Thank fuck he didn't. Because it would end up looking like a fucking bug's life if he did, right? So thank fuck he didn't. He's like, no, do you know what? Technology's not there, but this is the film I want to make. So I'm, I'm just going to take my billions and go look for the Titanic again. All right? I'm just going to go under the water again. So, um, so what he does then is he's like, right, sees Gollum, right? And he's like, whoa, hang on. These guys are doing what I want to do. Sees how good Gollum looks. And to be fair, Gollum still looks class. Watched Lord of the Rings recently. It still looks unreal. I mean, the uh, the some of the ghosts just look a bit kind of like stage kind of ghosts. They look like a bit like Darby O'Gill and the Little People, kind of the Banshees, you know, <laughs> kind of vibe. Um, Gollum still lo still looks unreal, 
I mean, if they still have the files for Gollum, which I assume they have, just slap a new texture on them and you're, you're laughing, right? That's the thing that makes the Star Wars films look as dated as they are. You know, when they reintroduced fucking Jabba the Hutt again and had Greg Proops, you know, in episode one, being like, hey, we're, hey, I'm a, you know, or the, the pod race commentator, you know, all those guys look crazy because the textures just aren't great, you know? Um, if they just improve that anyway. Uh, so thank fuck James Cameron didn't do that. But then he saw Gollum and he's like, right, that's unreal. I'm into what they're doing here with the mocap. Let's get started on it, right? So he's starting to do it. Before this motherfucker has even looked to try and shoot anything, to get anything, he goes to a fucking botanist, right? He goes onto the flora and the fauna. He's like, I want you to, or no, the, the language. He goes to a, a, a language expert and what would you call, what would you call them? An ent- ethno, uh, I think technically people who come up with fake languages are called conlinguists. Um, not conlinguists, guys. Come on, don't be gross. Uh, conlinguists, right? So he gets his conlinger, right? And starts making up the language before he's even written the thing, right? Like, this is just a level of detail. But anyway, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to fucking, I'll talk about it. I'll talk about it when I get into it, right? Um, I think Avatar is class. Look, it's a simple story. It's fucking Fern Gully. It's Dances with Wolves. Like, this could have easily been clanger. It could have easily been a clanger. It could have easily been, you know, um, what's that flick that just didn't get good ratings? I haven't seen it. The the French flick with Cara Delevingne in it. I haven't seen it. Um, but... Anyway, here, hang on. I'm going to go through Avatar here. I'm just going to fucking go through the Wikipedia of Avatar. This is a fucking top ten podcast. I'm going through the Wikipedia of Avatar. I'm just going to tell you about what I think about it. Sam Worthington, right? They get Sam Worthington. At the time, I thought, right, this guy's class. He's just got a fairly vanilla face. You know, I rewatch it now, and I'm like, you are... how? He's probably the worst Aussie at hiding his accent. So, they have these uh, thing called, like, avatars you can't... So, they're like... Uh, their genetic, uh, genetic uh, programs with uh, their genetic hybrids of my body and fucking Eileen, you can't. You're like really, he's 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 uh, he's good. Like he he does the job in this, you know. And you know, if we were watching it, and Terry was all like, "Oh, haven't seen him, haven't seen him in a while." Um, so devastated that this motherfucker ended up in that film. I haven't seen it, but I'm sure it's shit. The Titan, where. It's a film where he is like, it's kind of like Avatar. I can't believe he did this, right? It's, uh, so what's the plot of it? In 2048, the Earth overpopulated and ridden by violent conflicts. uh, Scientists are looking at Saturn's moon Titan as a new home for humanity. And then what they do is basically they infuse the DNA of a human with this alien DNA of Titan. Like, I can't believe he did a shitty avatar. And now he's going back to Avatar 2 and 3. And possibly 4. Although, hang on. He's not booked in for Avatar 4. Interesting. Very interesting. Um, But look, he's fine. You know? He did a couple of dodgy films. You know? Um, he did Terminator Salvation, which I thought he was decent in. He started doing Clash of the Titans. Um, Wrath of the Titans. You know, it wasn't him. You know, he wasn't to know that these weren't going to be very good. You know, but it's a shame. Anyway, um, 
Now, look, this film is 11 years old. It still looks, it looks as good, if not better, than like Endgame that came out, right? I was watching it on my phone. As I, I got a nice little OLED display on there. It's looking pretty nice, right? Um, on my phone, isn't that mad? Honestly, I could just leave. Uh, so when I go get this mega box, I can watch episode one in HD on my phone. Insane, and I it doesn't feel and I, and where where are they all? Where are all the files? Where are all the reels of film? Yeah, they're invisible. They're not even using up my phone's storage. Isn't that come on? Right, anyway. Um, look, if the five G kills us, let's fucking have it. Because I like the reality that we're living in with this whole thing. Um, this film looks sensational. It looks sensational to begin with. And I love how it starts, right? It's just like, look, we're not saying nothing. He's just doing a bit of a voiceover. Hey, he's a Marine. He got shot in the stomach. Lost the use of his legs. His brother died. He's taken the... Like, it is just fucking straight into this. Straight into it, right? Um... And what a cast. Like, what a cast. First of all, right, let me tell you how fucking impressive, uh, what's his name? Stephen Lang in this, right? Stephen Lang. Stephen Lang's a colonel, right? Sorry, you know the sound here. I'm messing with a bit of blue tack here. Um, Stephen Lang plays the colonel in this, and in my opinion, right, colonel, what's his name uh, in this? Hang on. Talk amongst yourselves for a second. Um, yeah, Colonel Miles Quaritch. This guy is fucking unbelievable, right? This guy is probably the most underrated villain of all time in this flick, Stephen Lang. He is so... I know I used this this phrase when I was talking about Gigi Good from RuPaul's Drag Race in my RuPaul pod that is up on my Patreon, right? It's for free for everyone. But Stephen Lang in this as Quaritch is the most deliberate, like, ro- like killing machine, like a robot killing machine. Like, he moves like Michael Myers, like so, like the Terminator, like so deliberate. This is what Fergal Costello, uh, who directed me in that uh, Something Doesn't Feel Right, he was always like, if you look at these killers, right, they're so deliberate in their movements. They are unstoppable. They would walk through water. They can walk through walls. He does that in this. He has one line in this, right, Stephen Lang, and he's just like, oorah, whatever, Marine guy, right? And he says, but talking about the Navi, Right? He's talking about the Navi and their home uh, tree, right? And he goes, and when we destroy it, we will blast a crater in their racial memory so deep they won't come within a thousand clicks of the place ever again. Like, just like we'll fucking blow it to smithereens, right? And there's two bits in this where he acts, which are so unbelievably badass, right? There's one bit where they're fleeing captivity and they take a ship, right? And so Quaritch walks out straight out into the deck. He's in the observational deck where they have all their oxygen, right? Then he walks out into Pandora, you know, get into this gaseous Pandora climate, winces slightly, and then unloads two whole clips from two different guns shooting at this ship, ends up shooting Stigourney Weaver. Spoiler, I'm sure you've seen Avatar, right? Before, take unloads two whole clips shooting this ship before he remembers that he can't fucking breathe on the planet. Just jeopardizes his body. Some little subordinate runs out, gives him a mask, and he's like, oh yeah, I need to breathe. Just like walks straight out, kicks the door open, lets all the gas in, starts shooting it, and then he remembers he can't breathe. Unbelievable. There's another bit where uh, where he's in this gunship in the, in the final battle, and Jake Sully is running around the top, 
blowing up bits of the thing, you know, he's smashing shit up. Then fucking Quaritch pops his head out again and starts shooting. Right? Again, can't breathe. Kind of winces slightly, but he can take it, right? Considering the fact you see Jake Sully later on, who can't breathe and passes out in a second in this air, Quaritch is like, fine. Just, you, can feel, you can feel it melt in his eyes, right? And he shoots, and then he jumps back in, gets blown up. He's on fire, hops in a mech, right? And then in total, like, precision army mode, he fixes the straps in both and then puts the fire out before he jumps out. It's just unbelievable. As head of security, it's my job to keep you alive. I will not succeed. Not with all of you. Just, like, fucking straight talking. And also, fucking gun show on him. Very impressive. I wish we saw him in more flicks. Um, so, as you know, what happens, basically rocks up. And this is the thing as well. Like, I, I didn't realize there's some things that sound stupid in this in this flick, right? Um, like the... So, it's 20, 2050s, right? 2150s. Uh, humans have depleted the natural resources. They're out now mining, trying to deal with an energy crisis. Um, and they're trying to mine this unobtainium. Now, when I remember Giovanni Ripsy in this, he's like, you know why we're here? We need this unobtainium. And he has this rock or whatever. And that was kind of like, I roll, what a name. It's a real thing. It's a real thing that scientists use to kind of explain if there was like, so in this case, it's a, as Wikipedia says, uh, a kind of a mineral, a room temperature superconductor. Sounds good, right? So unobtainium is kind of like a blanket term used for any like, Almost like something that could be able to, what's it called? Uh, something that would kind of be in breach of the laws of thermal thermal dynamics, right? Something that, what's it called? Something that's a, some kind of, what's it called? The machine that kind of is able to, perpetual motion machine, right? That might use some sort of unobtainium for it to work. It's kind of like, here's a bit of loose science. So, look, I'm down with it. I'm down with it. Giovanni Ripsy in this is quite pantomime right? More pantomime than the fucking robot colonel, if you can believe that. Now, Sam Worthington, like, he's fine in this, right? But the level of hungover that I was, I was just jealous of this cunt. I have a, I have a, I've had a couple of weird moments in my life where I'm, like, just jealous, and it's so irrational. I used to be jealous of the Spice Girls, right? I couldn't get into the Spice Girls. Uh, I think, I don't know what it was, right? It's not because I wanted to be fucking, it's not even that I wanted to be a Spice Girl. I couldn't enjoy the Spice Girls because I was jealous of all the attention they were getting, right? And it's not even like they were my, my mates, but I suppose that's part of it. I suppose the Spice Girls were just normal girls who you might see knocking about, having a good laugh, right? Who ended up being fucking astronomically famous. But I didn't like them. I couldn't get into them. I'd have to listen to Two Become One in private because I was jealous of Mel B. Don't ask me why. But similarly in this, there's a bit where Jake... Gets up on his fucking, uh, what's it called? Fucking Mokhtar, whatever it's called. Turok Mokhtar. And Neytiri gets on the back. And I was like, that should be fucking me up there. That should be me with me bird at the back. And I said it to Terry. And she totally. So look, as you know the story, Jake Sully lands on Pandora. His twin brother dies. His twin brother was a scientist. His twin brother was meant to be part of this Avatar program. The Avatar program is that they actually are able to transfer their brains into these genetically bred Avatar hybrids so that they could interact and speak like Avatar, like like the like the the um the Navi, right? Um 
and Jake's brother obviously had the same genetic makeup as him because he's a twin, right? So they're like, right, this is Andy. We can use this. Sigourney Weaver's like, we don't want you here. We don't want you here. We don't want any fucking Marines. She's already showing this up top. She's un- unreal in this. My wife adorably can't say her name. She says Sigourney Scorn- Weaver. She can also say Ben Affleck. She says, been a, been a flack. Been a, been a flack. There's a couple of weird little things in her head. Just two, and both of them just... She can't say Sigourney Weaver and Ben Affleck, right? And I slag her about it. She's like, who's that? And she goes, Sorny, Sorny. So Sigourney Weaver is like laying it out. I'm a scientist, right? I'm fucking Jane Goodall here, right? And she is. She also, she played her in that film, didn't she? She played Jane Goodall. Gorillas in the Mist. Let's check that. Yes, she did. So she's rocking, she's, so she's Ripley meets uh, Jane Goodall in this. Is it Jane? <laughs> uh, no, Diane Fossey. What the fuck did Jane Goodall do? Oh, she's just a different primatologist. Loads of primatologists going. Anyway, I've never seen it anyway. Uh, I've never seen Gorillas in the Mist. So Sigourney Weaver's class in this. Sigourney Weaver's class. And she's like, she's just fucking straight talking, smoking. I love little things like this. And also, I will say this as well, right? This film... I'm jumping all over the place, right? This is what happens when you talk, try to talk about Avatar and you have no notes, right? Uh, just the scale in this is unreal. This gets scale. You know, you watch Transformers and you're like, I can't see a fucking thing. These things are moving. It's like, you know when the, the Tasmanian Devil turns into that fucking spiral? That's what happens with this, right? With a Terminator. Optimus Prime goes, you know, transform. And then it goes... And, like, I know the pieces aren't fitting in there. I know they're not. You're making it look like it is. You're making it look like, oh, this cog is twisting. But they're not transforming, right? I know they're not transforming. Um, But you can't see a fucking thing, right? You can't, you can't get the scale. This guy's meant to be a truck. He's meant to be fucking 30 foot tall. You don't get it, right? Well, you see this when they get off these, like, um, when, when they land on Pandora and he goes out in his wheelchair and you see the size of these bulldozers. And you can kind of see a fog. You just It looks so big. And you, you can't even, they don't even need a human for scale. It just gets how big these fucking things are. These massive, horrible, gross machines, right? Anyway. So he rocks up, meets Sigourney Weaver. She's like, I don't like you. I don't want to fucking like you. Meets the other guy. The other fucking lucky guy. The other fellow who fucking can't believe his lucky stars that he's in this flick, right? Um, And he's like, hey, I like you. Until he doesn't like it, until he starts becoming mad jealous of Jake getting in with the Navi. Anyway, I'm not saying that in interesting now. Look, let's just skip ahead, right? Let's talk about her. Let's talk about her. Come on, Nate Thierry, let's just fucking talk about her. We're, we're fucking dancing around here. She's a fit bird. She's a fit bird. Although, what's mad, right? What's mad? She's not human, right? And I fancy her, right? I fancy her, right? I probably would prefer if she was my height. And I will say this. Zoe Saldana in this flick. Uh, Stephen Lang, the other Lango, right? Stephen Lang deserves an Oscar for this flick. And Zoe Saldana deserves an Oscar for this flick. Enough of your fucking Andy Circus. Now, I love Andy Circus. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fucking, I'm a circ horse, right? I love Andy Circus, right? 
But Zoe Saldana gives as good as Atten Andy Circus has ever fucking given. She is sensational in this flick. CH Pounder as well, her madness is unbelievable. They're doing so much. She is literally playing like this fucking feral cat alien. And she does it and she does the faces and she's like <sighs> And then she also like does these kind of like feral emotions when she becomes overcome with emotions and angry and she sulks in a kind of animalistic way. Like I can't believe cats came out ten years after this flick. Do you know what I mean? Did you not get how to do it? Do you not get how to actually be like an animal? Zoe Saldana is sensational in this flick. Deserves an Oscar. Deserves all the Oscars. Deserves Leonardo DiCaprio's Oscar. She's unreal in it, right? Um, but she is also an alien, right? She is as alien to a human as the weird um, hammerhead rhino is on that planet as one of those little fucking monkeys is as those weird little uh, turtle wolves that are going around with the little antlers little or little uh, you know the ones that attack him in the middle of the night or any of the weird shit the one thing that you know the thing that pulls the weird face like um, you know where Neri gets he gets uh, inked in Jurassic Park you know that I'm doing the kind of like umbrella thing you know you know, there's one of these things pulls a mad bird of paradise face on Jake. The the point I'm getting at is he could he could be riding any of them. Do you know what I mean? And it would be the same. For me to say I would ride Nateri out of it, a dick out of it, right? For me to say I would is it'd be I, I could say the same thing about any of them things. Anything on that planet is as alien. Do you know what I mean? Now of course I don't fancy them, but me if I were to draw some, if I was to draw, if I was to write some fan fiction about me going to the planet and hooking up with some of them, with any of them, with any of the creatures on that, it'd be just as bad as the other, is what I'm saying, right? Having said that, James Cameron even said, he made a point here, he said, if this, if she is not the hottest thing going, then it doesn't make sense. The chemistry in this doesn't make sense. And she is the hottest thing going, right? This film is, this film has oodles of side boob it knows what it's doing it knows what it's doing and i was watching it and i just i honestly i every time terry was on the screen terry could even see it. i was a different person i was reacting differently right i was like getting shy and then when he goes up on fucking tarak Mokhtar, anyway we're not at that part so you know the story right basically jake sully jake sully right marine i'm just going over this again loses the use of his legs gets put in the avatar body now, the thing is, right, the whole premise of this is he's a double agent, essentially, right? He's a guy who is army through and through. It's all he's ever known is to be a bit of a Marine, right? And I like James Cameron has a bit of a an, an obsession. He's got an, an obsession with macho shit, right? But not man macho shit. He's got a lot of macho women in this. He does He does women very well, you know? Obviously... You know, he made Ripley a fucking legend in Aliens, Sarah Connor in Terminator, you know, uh, Neytiri in this, uh, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis in True Lies, fucking unbelievable performance and hilarious as well. And also an absolute dampy, dampy wet, sir. Do it slowly. No, do it sexy. Do it slowly. 
right? Is an absolute dampy, 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 dampy. Um, Rose is a good character. You know, he, he writes good female characters, you know? Like, in, in another film of Titanic, it'd be like, you know... No, I suppose, I don't know. You know, like, she's she's kind of thrust into this life she doesn't want, you know? And this guy represents freedom. Anyway, you know Titanic, right? Maybe I'll, maybe I'll do Titanic another time. Great flick, right? Um, so he does good lady characters. And he does good macho lady characters, right? And he seems to have... he And I like the fact that he has fairly kind of androgynous macho Latin women in all of his flicks, more or less, you know? He's he's got who's he having who's what's her name in this um, Michelle Rodriguez, right? This combat macho combat pilot. It's only until the very end that she actually wears a top that you can kind of see a kind of silhouette or a kind of shape, uh, you know, of her. She's wearing overalls up until this point. Do you know what I mean? Um, but anyway, look, premise. The premise of this is also kind of like she's all that, right? Freddie Prince Jr. It's kind of like the same kind of double cross, you know, that kind of thing where you're like. Well, they're getting on great, but there's a secret, right? In Freddie Prince Jr.'s case, it's that he is trying to turn this girl. I think that's the premise that she's all that. Um, trying to turn this girl into like a prom queen, right? This girl who is an absolute, kind of, she's very attractive, right? She's very attractive with her hair up and her glasses on. And she takes them off and lets the hair down. And that's obviously the trope of being like, oh, my God, you're beautiful. I didn't realize. Of course, she's stunning regardless, right? This is a similar vibe where Jake is getting in with the Navi, right? Even though he's a bit of a... He's a triple agent, right? Triple age, right? He's getting in with the Navi, learning their customs for the science part, but then also so that he can find out more secrets about their gaff and where they're hiding all this unobtainium ore, right? So they're getting on like a house on fire. Nateri and Jake. And the whole time I'm watching this, I'm like, it should be me. It should be me. He's no, not going to treat you the way he should. It's like, it's like Boner. It's like Boner and Gerscoin, right? He's like, not treating you the way he should be treating you, right? He should have respect for you. Um, But in the case of She's All That, right? This guy's in fucking high school. And he ends up actually falling for her. And he's like, whatever. Like, you know, fucking the stakes couldn't be lower, right? In this case, he's irredeemable. This motherfucker. I know he's got a pure heart. And she likes that about him. And and all this, right? But, like, he knows before he mates with her for life, he knows what he's doing, right? They have the right. It's tastefully done, right? Um, And it's insane. It's insane that you're watching two, three meter tall, ten foot tall blue aliens get the ride. And James Horner scoring it. And you're like, this is fucking... Speaking of James Horner, hey, over here. Call me James because I'm fucking Horner. Whatever. Uh, what am I talking about? What am I talking about? Yeah, they're hooking up. Anyway, how did I get on to this? What was I talking about? That? Um, Yeah. Jake Sully's irredeemable is what I'm saying, right? He leads an entire army to their home, burns it down to the fucking ground... And then it's like, oh, yeah, I knew this was going to happen. In fact, I actually led them here. Right? That's irredeemable. And I was like, Nateri, you need, to, you need to be with me. You need to have me be. I tell you, when I when I start my VR ranch, right, it's just going to be. I told, I told you, I'm going to be fucking Doc Antle. 
but there's going to be a lot of Nate Theories running around. It's going to be a lot of Nala's running around. It's going to be a lot of Lola Bunnies going around. That's going to be me, right? And they're going to have their own. They're going to have fucking. They're going to have. They can do be whoever they want, right? They can be whoever they want, including me. Do you know what I mean? Um, and I'm not fucking going to ruin your home, you know, to get you on side with me, right? But I totally get. I was actually sad after having watched it. I get it. It's I I get. It's so dense in its flora and its fauna and its language and its you know, I mean it's not genius. You can totally see where it's going. You know, it isn't fucking, it isn't groundbreaking in terms of story. I actually think Fern Gully does a better message about you know, industry and that sort of stuff, um, and pollution and saving the earth and everything that goes along with that. But it's just, I think it's I think James Cameron is one of the best filmmakers going I think he's better than Spielberg I think every single film he's done is absolutely class I've actually been trying to get Terry to watch The Abyss and you know it's one of these weird things you know if you kind of I could be like if I was just like uh, hey John we could watch um, another James Cameron film actually I don't think you've seen Watch The Abyss and she'd be like oh yeah cool yeah but I bottled it right I blimped it when I was like here we put on the abyss, right? It's mad. It's got like all those kind of like pre, you know ter- pre Terminator kind of three D effects and stuff like that, and it's like it's kind of like a horror film, but like it's kind of like not, you know. And she was like, no, 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 you no, no, no. And I blimped it. Like I can't, I can't resell it. You know, I might have to wait a couple of years. Maybe now that she's seen Avatar again, you know, obviously she 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 liked again in there in bed with with the wife, a fucking. HD avatar on my phone and I still had battery left. What a life. What a world. What a flick. Avatar. Five cock hair things that the Navi use to bind with each other. Five hairy cocks. Uh, Thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much for your very kind, continued, gorgeous support um, of the Patreon or even just anything that you do to support me in uh, these interesting times. Uh, I will be putting another Patreon episode out on Friday, responding to your questions and answers. Uh, I've done a couple in there already. I did one about WrestleMania 17. I did one about RuPaul that's up there in the Patreon. I talked about my top five emo tracks as a hardcore rocker. Not hardcore, but you know what I mean. I'm a bit of a rocking boy. I know my top five email tracks on that. Uh, upcoming episodes will include my top five toys of all time. I'll be one on the Patreon. Uh, and uh, various other questions, answers, and 